Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to Dr. Nancy Live. Um, we have a special guest today, all the way from uh, Minnesota, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. This is um, Dr. Strand. Um, I met her at the autism conference in Georgia last year and was really impressed with um, what she had to say and wanted to bring her on to share her information with all of you um, regarding Lyme disease. And then as I've talked to her a little more, um, she has some other really neat things to share with us about what's going on in uh, a lot of the families right now with the cold and flu season here. So Dr. Strand, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay. Uh, so I'm a naturopathic doctor. I had a clinical practice here for, uh, well, here in Duluth for about 10 years. Um, and before I graduated, so 2005. So it's been 14 years. I can't believe that <laughs> I graduated. Um, and, um, and now I took a, uh, full-time position with this company, Biobotanical Research, as their director of clinical education. Um, and that really comes out of my confidence in the product line um, and what I've seen happen clinically. And I have a pretty deep desire to get uh, this information out to the public and to practitioners so that they can understand the, um, the power of having this sort of tool in your toolkit, which we'll talk about what that, <laughs> what that tool is, right? But yeah, so that's my, my background and, and why I'm here. Yeah, what impressed me with her is that she said she's up there in uh, Lyme disease land because <laughs> a lot of ticks. It's so, true. I pulled so, one off my dog's head this morning. <laughs> oh my gosh! And didn't you get? You guys have frost, don't you? Yep, we do. And it's still there. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's really frustrating. And I came back from a conference. Uh, I walked my dog, my dogs. I have two dogs in the woods for um, an hour the day before I left the conference, I came back and nobody else had noticed, but what our Gordon Setter had three deer ticks, engorged deer ticks on the top of his head and our Labradoodle had one. Oh. Um, so I took pictures of him and I put him up on a Lyme lecture that I gave <laughs> at a conference a couple of weeks ago, but it's just so endemic. I mean, it, they're so, they're around and, um, and those tick-borne illnesses are actually not even being called tick-borne illnesses. Um, anymore, they're being called vector-borne illness at this point because what we're finding is that it's it's more than than just ticks that we're looking at. You know, biting flies and um, and potentially fleas that you where you can get uh, potentially Borrelia, which causes Lyme disease, but also some of the other tick-borne illnesses as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's out, it's around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about that. What's going on when um, people are getting bit, and what's what's happening? Okay, um, so so ticks are just one, like I said, one vector, um, and, and typically, so this is this is my own take on uh, after doing my own testing, having my own practices. That a lot of us have had exposure to these microorganisms. So Borrelia causes Lyme. There's there are a number of other that are tick-borne illnesses that can come alongside that. Um, Bartonella, Babesia, um, Ehrlichia, Mycoplasma. There are a lot of them that a lot of us have had exposure to. And if we're if we're living a healthy lifestyle, if we're eating healthy foods, um, if we're getting enough sleep, if we're um, if we have you know healthy relationships, if we're if we have you know a lot of us feel that spiritual grounding is an important part to that too. Um, that if we're take, tending those things, that our bodies really are capable of keeping those, staying on top of those microorganisms. Um, it's when we get a trigger uh, later, oftentimes it doesn't necessarily have to be at the, at the moment of the infection, 
that we can succumb sort of to a more chronic condition with it. Um, you can also get sort of the acute infection, and, and uh, Dr. Cooper and I were talking about that uh, before we went live, and I'll, and I'll speak to that first, uh, or now, I guess, which is that uh, when you, if you get transmission of a tick-borne illness, you, you, if you feel within a few weeks of a tick or a bite, a spider bite, something like that, that you, uh, that you feel like you may have the flu, uh, it can be aching joints or, or aching anywhere in your body, uh, fever, uh, chills, headache, basically it just feels like you've got the flu, right, for most mm -hmm. people. And there can be what's called erythema migrans too, which is this bullseye rash. Um, but that only happens 33% of the time. It mm -hmm. is diagnostic for a exposure to Borrelia. So if you get that, you don't, doctors don't even need to do testing to see whether or not you've got exposure to it. It, is a, it means you've gotten it. Um, so for all of you out there who've had a bullseye lesion and haven't had um, any treatment, chances are that either your immune system got on top of it, which is ideal, or that it's, it's hanging out somewhere and waiting for the time to be right to, to sort of reveal itself. Um, so I know it sounds kind of scary, um, yeah. and it actually used to be really scary for me. Uh, and I think, you know, sort of sadly what happens is we, we end up being afraid to go into the woods and be out in, in nature. Um, and one thing that I'm really grateful to this product line for is that I am not, I'm not afraid anymore to get, you know, I don't freak out <laughs> when, when my dogs, my kids, my patients get ticks. Um, I feel like I have a really sound therapeutic to help prevent, uh, long-term illness and to help treat acute illness as well. Um, so that was kind of a long <laughs> diatribe, but, uh, you know, is there anything else specifically about Lyme that you'd like me to speak to? No, that was perfect. So what you're saying is that if they got tick, a tick bite when they were a kid and they got really stressed out at work or something like that, and we're eating sugar and not sleeping, then that could actually come out then. So right. latent for a while. Okay. Yep. Often it can be a loss of a loved one. It can be, like you said, work stress, um, you know, another illness. Uh, it can be, uh, I mean, there are other things that can cause it as well, sort of trigger it. Uh, it it's resurfacing. Uh, and with an acute infection, um, you know, ideal, res ideal is our immune system gets on top of it, or we take antibiotics, or we take an antimicrobial, which, you know, of course, I'm biased. I think that's more ideal than, say, the, uh, the antibiotics would be. Um, and then it's resolved and there's no further effect. Uh, but there are sort of a couple of other things that can happen. One we just spoke to, which is that the, the bug, it becomes a persistent infection. And that can happen if we don't treat it, but it also can happen from use of antibiotics. So there's, there's a woman, Dr. Eva Sappy, who's looked at uh, testing in a test tube. So in vitro testing shows that when the spirochete, so the, the Lyme or Borrelia, um, bacteria is shaped like a spirochete and it takes different forms. So if it feels threatened, it becomes a persister form, which is the round body form. And it also can create biofilms, which we're going to talk about shortly. Uh, but when that happens, our body can't attack it. We can't attack and kill a round body form. Um, and so if you take doxycycline, which is the standard of care for an acute tick bite, about 20% of those microorganisms become the persister form. Um, so one cool thing about herbal medicines is that doesn't happen when you use an herbal. You don't get that, it's called a pleomorphic shift where it changes its shape and becomes the persister form. And these, um, these herbal antibiotics basically is how I think about them, uh, also kill the persister forms. So you're getting a better sort of broad spectrum killing effect when you use the, um, the, the herbal instead of the, the pharmaceuticals. Okay. So that's, that's another thing that can happen, right, is the persister infection. The other thing that can happen is, and I know this is going to sound a little scary as well, but 
um, just so that people understand what happens is when you when you get um, an acute infection or even a chronic Borrelia or other tick-borne illness infection, it it wreaks havoc on our immune system function, um, causing inflammation, sometimes suppressing inflammation, and they're really doing that in order to. It's, it's a way for them to survive. And they also utilize our nutrients. They, don't, they can't produce the nutrients that they need to survive on their own. And so it basically skews our immune system and, um, and allow, it makes it so that we're inflamed. So it causes, in, increases pain and it causes the cytokine dysregulation. It's called that inflammatory mediators, right? So when that happens, uh, sort of one thing that these, again, these sort of natural therapeutics or herbals do is help with that particular issue, right? It helps restore immune system function, helps calm down the immune system rather than just coming in and trying to kill the bacteria. It's more supportive of the body. So this is why I get so uh, so passionate about the use of this product. And um, maybe now is a good time to say that I think the the liposomal biocidin, which I I pulled it out so you, you all could see it. Let's see if you can. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the original formula, biocidin. This I've used to treat um, ehrlichia in my practice. So that's one of the tick-borne illnesses because we didn't have this product yet when I used that. But this is what's called a liposomal form. And we have done some research with that product. Uh, and what, what we saw in that research is that the liposomal form, which is basically an envelope uh, that allows the transmission of the, of the herbal antimicrobial into the inside of the cell. So you don't, you don't have to work as hard. You don't have to take as high a dose. Uh, and it's also synergistic in our study with, um, with antibiotics because it, it does help in other ways <laughs> that are kind of complex chemistry. Um, it helps disable some of the mechanisms that those, those uh, microorganisms use to trick our immune system and to avoid being killed by, by antibiotics. But because of this ability to really get deep tissue penetration with a liposomal form, uh, what I have seen in my practice and what the reports that we're getting from other practitioners is that it can be used um, both topically and then oral dosing because you'll get directly uh, from the mouth into the bloodstream, the lymphatics, um, potentially into the central nervous system and inside the cells that are infected um, in a way that we couldn't before. So this is the one that, that I have in my in my first aid kit, yeah. <laughs> living in a tick endemic area. And it, it really, um, I think, you know, what we have heard and what we see is that uh, regardless of which, which bug is causing symptoms, it seems as though it really um, helps people acutely address symptoms. Great. Um, and prevent long-term infection as well. That's been my clinical experience. It's not the company line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I, you know, I can't, I can't, we can't make any claims on it. Um, I can just right. speak to my personal experience with the product uh, in that way. So, yeah. uh, so that, yeah, that's the, the that's sort of my, um, it, to my patients, that's always been my, here's what you need to have. Um, and then as long as we're, well, let's, let's leave it at that for now. Okay. <laughs> let you kind of guide me where we want, you want me to go next. Here. Yeah. You mentioned the biofilms. Why don't you kind of talk about that a little bit? Okay. Okay. So yeah. um, biofilms are pretty recent in terms of discovery, like 20 or so years ago, we started to realize that microorganisms create, basically, I like to call it like an invisibility cloak where they, they can put something around themselves and over themselves. It's called the extracellular polymeric substance, EPS. And it's basically a slime that they put around themselves. So a lot of cells will develop what's called a flagella. It's like a little tail, helps them move towards each other. So a bacteria um, sitting by itself, floating, free floating, will develop this, this little um, tail. And it uses that to swim to an area that 
that it likes, right? So say it chooses a tooth. We'll use a tooth as an example, right? Uh, so we'll say strep, a strep mutans um, microorganism. It, it finds a nice little dark spot in the tooth and then it starts to reproduce and, and it does this thing called quorum sensing where it talks to, they talk to all the other cells in the area, not just their own microorganisms, not just other strep mutans, but maybe they're talking to candida and they're talking to other fungal elements and other bacteria. And they decide when there's a certain tipping point that it's, it would be worthwhile to develop this EPS, this slime, to cover them. And once they do that, then they can sit there, let the food come to them, whatever they're using to survive, and our immune system can't detect them. Um, antibiotics can't kill them. And sometimes it takes 5,000 times the antibiotic dose to get through a biofilm. Um, and so this is a really big deal for uh, reinfection, right? So it's one of the areas that um, is a cause for concern with antibiotic resistance. So, um, you know, microorganisms, if they can resist it, they become, uh, res they can um, become super infections, you know, like MRSA and some of the other yeah. alarming C. diff and some of these other alarming um, superbugs that we're getting now. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, it's pretty important to address this, right? Because we can have multiple pathogens behind a biofilm and infecting, um, infecting. And what I think is interesting is that, so we have a turnover of skin, sort of the, the, um, skin on the inside of the mouth, all through the gut, the mucosa is what it's called, right? So the lining of the gut, all of that turns over. And so there aren't a lot of microorganisms that can actually establish and stay on, on tissue that turns over. But you think about the tissue that doesn't turn over as much, and that's primarily our teeth, right? Um, and that's what plaque is. Plaque is a biofilm that's been oh. produced typically by um, strep mutans and by candida, uh, which is a, a chronic, a pretty, well, it's a, it's a commensal or it's a normal flora, but it can become pathogenic for Right. So um, anyway, so I thought that was really interesting and it's why prosthetics be can become an issue. So if someone has a knee replacement, hip replacement, ear tubes, these are all areas where biofilms are more likely to become an issue. Um, it's why oral health is so important. And we're understanding a lot more these days about the importance of oral health uh, because we can, so for a number of reasons, right? It irritates the, the tissue in the surrounding area if you get it down in the periodontal area between the gums and the tooth. Um, and then we can get uh, displacement of the microorganisms into the bloodstream. Actually, after you floss, it, we have within one minute, we have systemic dissemination of the microorganisms in that area. So pretty yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's really important, right? And you can create this sort of systemic, uh, I mean, you know, partly, I, I try to kind of consistently sit back into the fact that we're designed to, to deal with this, yeah. right? Just really the environment. And that's what we're, you and I are talking about, how to manipulate that, right? And the way that we can do our part to support that is all those things we talked about before, good sleep, healthy relationships, he um, healthy food, you know, just a healthy lifestyle in general will help your immune system, which is right there in your mouth. We have a ton of immune system function in the mouth. Um, stay on top of that stuff. Uh, there's so much interesting stuff to talk about. Oh my gosh, yeah. So <laughs> on a tangent, um, but it's why uh, biobotanical bio research has developed two two um, dental or oral health products. So one of them is a toothpaste that has a biocidin liquid in it um, that will help with that plaque formation. Um, and then, I mean, that's that's the purpose of the product is to help yeah. prevent the formation of plaque. And then we also have. Um, a, a rinse, an oral rinse that has the liposomal form in it. And then you'd be thinking because of that liposome again and that better tissue penetration, you'd be thinking of things like um, root canals, periodontal disease, 
uh, cavitations that you'd be getting a deeper penetration in the mouth and they can be used together. And, and the cool thing about it is your kids are already brushing their teeth. Yeah. Your, your patients are already brushing their teeth. Everybody, we're all already doing that. It's an easy way to start to uh, improve the microbiome. So what's growing in the mouth and create balance there. Uh, and there are studies showing that if you reduce the, the yeast growing in the mouth, that it dramatically reduces the yeast in the, in the stool. So we know that, uh, I, I love this piece of data. So there's 10 to the eighth microorganisms. So I don't know if that's billions of microorganisms in a, in a milliliter of saliva. And we swallow a liter a day. <laughs> so I like, ah, where's my toothbrush? <laughs> I need to go. Um, I mean, it, it just makes it really clear how, and that's one of the things I love about the biocidin liquid too, is that you treat, you start treating in the mouth and you're treating all the way through the gut. So really uh, effective GI therapeutics as well um, in treating all of that. And, and as you know, um, GI health is, is where it's at for a lot of the chronic illnesses that we see as well. Right. So I'm sure you can tell I could go on and on about it. Yeah. <laughs> but let me, let me mention a few other things about the biofilms or make sure I didn't miss anything here. Um, I, maybe, I maybe covered it, but I took a few notes. Oh, how do we get rid of biofilms, right? Yeah, yes. Well, that's important. Uh, so biocidin, so that's, again, the flagship product, which is this one in liquid, uh, and the liposomal biocidin. We've got studies for both of those products for disruption of biofilms. Um, so on four different microorganisms for the liquid and then on Borrelia, um, which is Lyme, uh, Lyme biofilm, they're both the liquid and the liposomal were able to disrupt the Borrelia. Um, and they also caused 97% cell death in 10 minutes in a test tube, the, the biocidin did. Wow. So both of them did. Um, and that's, but that's the study where we were able to see that also the liposome was able to cross the, the cell wall and get inside the cell. Um, and I, I feel like I kind of, that's kind of important. I left it out. Like what is biocidin? Yeah. <laughs> biocidin is um, 17 herbs and essential oils. It's very gentle, um, easy to use in pediatric patients all the way through the lifespan. The only time it's contraindicated is um, if you have an allergy to something that's in it um, or uh, pregnancy, we haven't tested it during pregnancy. So it, it's nice as a clinician, you know, to be able to use, to use it for um, something like thrush in a newborn, um, not have to go with nystatin or something higher intervention, all the way to frail elderly patients who've got catheters and because of catheters, not sh having that non-shedding surface again, being able to assist them in, in treating biofilms. So it's a, it's something that you can really use across the lifespan as well. And um, it, because it's so, so many products that are synergistic, it's very well tolerated by most people because it's not high dose of any single single herb that can be more abrasive to the system. Um, yeah, I forgot to say that. So if you break down biofilms, biocidin works in a number of ways. It breaks down biofilms. Um, it, it also is an antimicrobial. So it kills microorganisms, uh, fungal, viral, yeast, bacteria. And then um, it also modifies the immune system. So we have studies showing an, up, an increase upregulation in immune system markers with a single dose of the throat spray um, which is biocidin and, and alcohol together. Um, so it's excellent. Um, you know, we, we use it in our household for uh, prevention. So prophylactically, if, if one of us in the family starts to feel uh, sort of scratchy throat, then all of us are on it immediately, yeah. <laughs> right? To, to, help, um, to help prevent that coming down with the upper respiratory infection or, you know, flu, any of those things. So that's, that's this product. So that's the throat spray. spray. Okay. Throat spray. Yeah. So you think in the medicine cabinet, they should have the liposomal and the throat spray. 
yeah. probably be brushing their teeth with it. <laughs> yes. And, the, you know, and of course, I think the toothpaste and you, you can imagine I've got these products all over my, <laughs> my yeah. house. But um, it's it is, an, you know, kids like to, uh, tend to like the flavor of the toothpaste as well. Yeah. So it's mint and it, it's uh, it looks like a gel. Uh, it's a little bit purple from the gentian that's in the biocidin. So it's kind of cool looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so prevent prophylactically, it's a very easy way to start treating the, the whole microbiome is by just using the toothpaste um, and then using the, in fact, I had a, a chiropractor come up to our booth a couple of weeks ago and say, I ran out of my toothpaste and I got a cold. So oh. if it was, <laughs> she thinks it was helping her uh, keep from getting sick in the first yeah. place, which makes sense based on the study that we did. And that, and that was a human clinical trial, which is kind of rare in our industry to get a, a human clinical trial on these products. So exciting to see. And then the other thing you might think about for cold and flu would be olivirex, which is a, a high potency olive leaf. I don't have one here, a bottle here, mm. uh, but that's a great um, anti, very potent antiviral and great to get on top of if you start feeling like you're coming down with something. So can you also do the um, olivirex if um, people around you are getting sick too? Yes. Okay. Yep. I use it the same way. Two capsules, three times a day um, is, how we, is how I prescribe it in my practice and how a lot of practitioners are using it um, prophylactically. And that's our max dosing. So if someone's acutely ill or has a tick exposure, we go pretty rapidly um, or we the way the product is used by a lot of clinicians is to go rapidly to the max dosing and, um, and then to use it for a short time until the symptoms start to resolve. So or until they resolve. Yeah. Right. We always told you before we got on this live that I had a patient that got bit this summer by a tick and we put her on liposomal oliverix biocedin and she had the flu symptoms and all that, that you were talking about too, after the tick bite. And, uh, okay. and she went to one of the local Lyme doctors here and um, the Lyme doctor said that she wanted to know who put her on that because she said she saved, you know, saved her, you know, by uh, doing that. So. It That's was great. Yeah. It's, you pat yourself on the back. <laughs> I know. I if I had never met you at the conference, I would have had no idea. Oh, <laughs> so. It's, so it's why I get so uh, excited about sharing this information is so that as clinicians, the reason we go to school is because we want to help other people um, either, either, and we're probably walking some sort of health journey ourselves oftentimes, right? Um, but when we find a tool that's so effective like this one is uh, that that can be used for so many different things yeah. and it's so easy to use, it's just really um, rewarding and it's really vital for us to have those tools in our toolkit to be, um, you know, to make it easier and uh, make our practice more effective as well. Right. So. Now you mentioned to me earlier about um, your infections or otitis media. Uh, so. Yeah. So we've got reports from a number of clinicians using the, the liposomal biocide and because you get that better tissue penetration. So if, if you're trying to stay localized in the mouth and the gastrointestinal tract, then you can, you would use just the liquid form. But if you're trying to get anywhere outside of the mouth, you want to use the liposomal form so that you get that better tissue penetration. So you could put, um, or, uh, what, what we've got reports of is that you can have, um, you could do both oral dosing of the, um, LSF and then, uh, also reports of putting the LSF in the ear for, uh, just a drop of it in the ear to help treat, uh, otitis media. Awesome. Great. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with everybody before we signed off today? Uh, well, as long as you're good, I'm good. I want to make sure. I think we, I think we covered the things that you and I talked about. Earlier. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, lots of information. You can tell she knows her stuff. Um, I, and so. <laughs> yeah. I will put um, a link below our live as to where you can order the um, BioSeed and um, products. And um, it's, I, you know, it's just something I've really, um, I've been impressed by. I haven't seen out there. So I really wanted to get her on here to kind of talk about it. And I think you did a great job telling Thanks. us about it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I'm glad to. I'm glad it's you're seeing results in your practice, and if we can be of um, further support, let us know. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Cooper.